Hello, my name is Taylor, and this week on Taylor's Topic Corner, we will be talking about pit bulls, and more specifically, breed legislation, or BSL for short. I am sure you have all heard the terms bully breeds, or pit bull-like breeds, but what does that even really mean? Dogs like English Bull Terriers, or even dogs that even resemble pit bulls, like German Shepherds and Rottweilers, are under this category and are affected by BSL. In this episode, we will discuss these dogs and the restrictions on them. So BSL is definitely wrong, and there's a lot of misconceptions about pit bulls and these other breeds. So I will go into and explain what BSL is, um, or breed-specific legislation is what it is really called. So, introduced in the 1980s, BSL is a law that bans or restricts the ownership of certain dogs based on their appearance and is meant to decrease dog attacks on humans by banning and restricting aggressive breeds. About 21 states have some sort of restricting law in more than 937 cities in the United States. We're just looking at the United States for this one. Uh, At the end, I will go over and list all the states that have some sort of BSL laws. So stay tuned for that at the very end to see if that is your state. So there are two main reasons why BSL is wrong. First of all, breed-specific laws are discriminatory against responsible dog owners. I'm sure any dog owner would agree that it is unfair to ban an entire breed just because of a few incidences with some dogs of that breed. Just because one dog owner is irresponsible does not mean all dog owners are irresponsible. So, for example, like, if you take apartments, for example, you know, there's certain apartments where you cannot have dogs at all in the apartment because a lot of the times this is because other dog owners will allow their dogs to go to the bathroom in the yard and they instead of picking up after their dogs they just leave it there and then the yard gets disgusting and then you get complaints and then the uh, owners get really upset about it and that's just irresponsible and it makes it so that other people who maybe are responsible cannot have dogs which is really sad that people aren't responsible so in fact i would say that the top cause for dog attacks is irresponsible owners and most of the times they were preventable so a quote from american veterinary medical association or avma for short Dogs are more likely to become aggressive when they are unsupervised, unneutered, and not socially conditioned to live closely with people or other dogs. Banning a specific breed can give a community a false sense of security and de-emphasize to owners of other breeds the importance of appropriate socialization and training, which is a critical part of responsible pet ownership. So this quotation proves that an owner plays a huge role in their dog's behavior and not just the dogs themselves. Let's say, like, if you have a child, you can look at children. You can't just let your child go crazy and do whatever the heck they want. Otherwise, they will never learn proper etiquette, how to say thank you, and how to, you know, not be absolute devils. Same goes for a dog. You can't expect a dog to just know how to sit and stay. You have to teach the dog how to sit and stay.
just the same way you have to teach a dog how to play with other dogs nicely and not attack them. That can be very important in a dog and how they are raised. It's not all about... It's not all about just letting the dog do whatever they want. The second reason uh, that BSL is wrong is that these laws can be very difficult to enforce. Also, according to AVMA, oftentimes a dog's breed cannot even easily be determined or the dog can be a mix of a bunch of different breeds. Psychology Today says 53% of dogs are mixed. It is very hard to identify a dog's breed just by looking at its physical characteristics, especially when it's a mutt. Not all dogs are purebred. In fact, most dogs are not purebred. They're a mixture of a bunch of different breeds. So then this ends up um, causing dogs who are not even close to being a pit bull just being banned because they might look similar to a pit bull. And in my opinion, a German Shepherd doesn't even look similar to a pit bull. They're just all under this bad, aggressive umbrella, which is very untrue. And this also goes to my uh, opinion on that dogs experience trauma and life experiences just like children do. We are shaped in a way from our life experiences. Everybody has different life experiences which means we all are different people. We all grow different ways. And that is the same for a dog. A dog goes through life trauma. A dog has different experiences. And that shapes them as a dog. It's not because they were born a certain way. It's not because they look a certain way. It is because of their experiences in life. And we need to not forget that. Anyway. Moving on from that topic, let's go to the history of pit bulls specifically. So in the 1800s, pit bulls were used in a sport called bull baiting. This was a sport where a bull would be tied to a stake, allowing them to move 30 feet, and then a handler, a uh, human obviously, <laughs> would make the dog attack it in an attempt to immobilize the bull for entertainment. However, luckily, the sport was banned in the 1835, in 1835. Of course, though, people did not like that. So instead of using a bull, they would just take dogs, usually pit bulls or, you know, Rottweilers, but mostly pit bulls, and they would make them fight each other to the death for entertainment. And there's a lot of uh, stories about that, about dogs who were used as fighting dogs and it's really sad but these dogs can be transformed into very friendly dogs and in fact most of the dogs are very friendly because they don't want to fight each other nobody wants to get into a fight and get hurt it's just they have to to survive and it's very 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 sad and gruesome so i could never imagine ever taking my dog and making it fight someone else's and i'm sure that no other pet owner could ever imagine that it would be awful so, despite Pitbulls being these fighting dogs, they were actually bred to be friendly and intelligent towards humans, not to fight each other. They were used for jobs like farming and protecting the family from predators, watching children, and providing companionship. Although there's no concrete evidence that Pitbulls were nanny dogs, there are many vintage photos of children sitting next to them. However, disclaimer, 
even if your dog is super, super friendly and the best dog ever, you should never leave your child alone with your dog because things happen and dogs cannot speak. They can't say, hey, stop. And a child might not understand when a dog growls and tucks its tail and puts its ear back, ears back that it's saying, hey, leave me alone. I don't like what you're doing. Kids don't understand that. So the dog, no matter how friendly, might bite or attack or scare the kid it might ne- not necessarily like rip its face off but it could you know nip it nip the child or hurt it by accident because it can't say no it doesn't mean that it's aggressive it's just the kid didn't get the warnings dogs and all animals have warning signs that they don't like what's happening and People need to start paying attention for that, and I will go into some of my personal experiences more towards the end because I do own a pit bull. So, um, let's go back to the history. So, obviously, there was no concrete proof. However, there were many vintage photos of children next to these dogs. So, Another question I would like to ask is, would you want your pet to be banned just because someone else is irresponsible with their dog? Just like, so, it's so frustrating when you go to beaches and you can't bring your dog because people let their dogs poop all over the ocean, all over the beaches, and don't clean it up. And it's really frustrating because you're irresponsible. You'll say, well, I will clean up my dog's poop because I don't want it laying around the beach. But sadly, it's not allowed because of other people. It's like, would you want your pet, no matter what kind of pet you have, to be taken away because other people can't take care of their other pets? It's just really frustrating. Just like if you're a teenager and a few teenagers go to the mall and vandalize a bunch of stuff. And now they start banning teenagers from going to the mall by themselves without an adult. It's frustrating when... A group of people do something really awful awful, and takes opportunities away from those of the same group who are actually irresponsible, or sorry, actually responsible. We want to be responsible. So I would say most people would agree that owners have a huge influence on the behavior of their dogs, just like we have a huge influence on our children or even on the people around us. Are all of our actions have consequences and we hear that all the time but it's really true so let's go back to talking about the vintage photos of the children next to them there have been a lot of um, figures throughout history who have had pit bulls so to name a few there has been theodore roosevelt thomas edison and helen keller even actors from today have pit bulls like let's talk about tom Holland. We all know Tom Holland as Spider-Man. We all love Tom Holland. And if you don't know this, here's some amazing facts. Tom Holland owns a pit bull named Tessa. She is the cutest and sweetest dog ever. Tessa is literally the love of Tom Holland's life. You can go look her up. You can see videos of him cuddling her and playing with her. It's really cute. And she is the sweetest thing ever. I could never, ever see any anger in her eyes she's the cutest thing ever so let's move on from history now that we've recapped like the history of pitbulls where they got their bad rep from how they got put into this stereotype it's really not fair to them because people wanted to 
fight them and watch them fight each other, and so the dog had no say, and so now they're painted as aggressive when it's they were forced to. They had no choice. It was either die or survive, and they wanted to survive, so they fought, and it's really sad that people would make them do that. But moving on from the very dark past of pitbulls, let's kind of go more into misconceptions. So, a very, very common misconception about pitbulls is that they have lockjaw. This is entirely false. Their jaw structures are the same as all other dogs with no special locking ability. They can't lock their jaws. Pitbulls, however, do have a very strong bite force with it being 235 pounds of pressure, making them the third strongest dog. The first is Rottweilers with 328 pounds, so they can bite you really hard, which is why you see second place goes to German Shepherds, which is why you see them as um, police dogs, um, but they don't have any locking ability. Another thing about Pipples that kind of makes it seem like they have locked jaws, they're very ambitious, like once they set their mind to something, you know, that's just what they do, so a Pipple grabs onto a rope and you can see pitbulls grabbing onto ropes that are hanging from trees and just hanging from them because they are like I don't want to let go I want to get this rope so it makes them kind of seem like they have lockjaw but in reality they do not have lockjaw so keep that in mind um another misconception is they are aggressive again we talked about the history about why they have been painted like this and it is just a stereotype each dog, any dog, all dog breeds should be judged on its owner and not based on its breed. Dogs are not born evil. You would never look at a puppy and say, yep, that's an evil dog. You would never do that because they haven't even lived yet. It's all based on life experiences and trauma. A dog who has been beaten is more likely to be less trusting and therefore aggressive. But you can gain their trust and teach them that not every owner is going to treat them terribly. And then you can open love into their hearts and it can really change them. So no dog is born aggressive. So a third and last misconception, there are lots out there. If the dog is aggressive towards other dogs, it is aggressive towards humans and vice versa. Actually, dogs can be aggressive to dogs only if they have not been socialized with other dogs or have past trauma. For example, there are lots of dogs out there who are scared of other dogs because of the fighting that they had to do. And most of the time, the handlers in these fighting dog fighting rings are male. So there are a lot of dogs that are scared of males only, but are fine with females. It, again, is all about trauma and what has happened to them. So it's not that they're aggressive and they can be aggressive towards humans and not other dogs if they had fine experiences with other dogs, but humans were abusing them. That does not mean that if they are aggressive towards dogs that they will attack you. However, if you get between the two dogs, you may get bit. So in the case that your dog has any sort of aggression at all, whether it be toy, food, dog, then you should be training that dog and do not whatsoever give up on that dog. Do not put it down. It doesn't deserve to be put down. It 
deserves a chance to change his behavior and learn to trust. And learn that not every dog owner is absolutely terrible. So, again, aggression is not caused by breed, but life experiences and trauma. I cannot stress that enough. Just like you might have had a traumatizing experience when you were a child, and that might shape the way you think of certain people. So, make sure that the dog gets trained and that you're really taking care of it. It will take some time. And I've had a story about a dog. Let's talk about it. So this dog was, um, I don't know if it was a German Shepherd or a Belgian Malinois. Pretty similar dogs, but um, the dog was very aggressive and attacked uh, somebody and was on the verge of being put down. But they went to a certain trainer, which I don't know if I'm allowed to say their company name, but if I go into research about that, it's a really good good place to go. But the point is, they went to find help, and that dog is the sweetest dog ever now. I would never have thought that he attacked anyone, because I've pet him, I've cuddled with him, and he's literally the cutest dog ever. So, you can change a dog. Alright, so one more thing I want to talk about under this um, umbrella talking about aggression is the difference between reactive and aggression. So, when a dog is uh, not aggressive, aggressive, when a dog is aggressive, it will attack to protect itself. It will bite, it will pin the other dog down, it will do things to protect itself. It's the flight flight or fight mode. So that is aggressive. Or like with food, if your dog barks and nips at you and growls at you and you try to touch his food or toys, that is aggression. However, there's also something separate from aggression that some dogs are reactive. For example, my dog is dog reactive and kind of people reactive, but mostly dog reactive. He will bark and bark and bark and growl and he will not bite another dog he will not attack it but he will run after it charge it and bark at it which is scary considering pit bulls have a scary bark and they are painted as evil so that needs to be given gotten under control no matter what kind of dog you have even if you have freaking chihuahua chihuahuas are a whole nother story they are the devil spawn but that's because they're small and can get away with it but you need to get your dog trained. So my dog, we would, obviously, you have a freaking pit bull that's 90 pounds of muscle. It's really hard to control when you're 5'4 with no muscle at all. So we had to get him put through training so that we could control him so that he wouldn't go crazy and run away and try and chase another dog and scare other people. And that brings another sensitive topic um, so we might as well just jump into my next topic, was, which was me talking about my dog, Burton, who is a pit bull. So there's so many stories about him, but basically he was um, reactive. He's still a little reactive, but again, we have control over him, so he has never bitten a dog. He has never gotten even close. He's never gotten to a fight, so that is really good, but... Basically, it's a little sensitive towards people. People think it's abuse, but 
we have an e-collar. So when he's barking or getting too crazy, we shock him. And we don't by any means like shock him super hard. Like we don't hurt him. Basically, the point of an e-collar is not to hurt your dog. It is to pretty much like tap them. Like kind of hit them a little, like tap them like, hey, Stop paying attention to that dog and pay attention to me. You need to be looking at me. And of course, it has higher settings because obviously when your dog's freaking out, adrenaline, they don't feel as much, so you gotta get it higher. The point is to snap their attention from that distraction and get them to be focusing on you so that you can tell them, hey, sit and calm down. That way you can prevent any bad situations we want as many good situations as possible so that the dog is not scared or anything which i wanted to talk about also so that okay that is one form of training which a lot of people think is evil and abusive so then let's look at the alternative which is positive only so before we did the e-collar we did positive only and i'll tell you it was terrible (laughs) I don't know what experiences you have had, I don't know how trained your dog is, but in my experiences and Burton's experience, it was really bad. Basically, we did positive only, and their approach was let the dog do whatever it wants, which is exactly what we don't want to do, because we don't want our dog to want to run after another dog. We want our dog to listen to us. If he doesn't want to sit still, we want him to deal with it and sit still. But their approach was, if your dog's scared of something, don't force it to go look at it. And then also give them as many treats as possible. We don't want to make our dogs obese. So I personally don't think positive only is a very good approach. You don't need to be aggressive. I mean, positive is good. We want to give our dogs some treats. We want to say, oh, good boy. You know, we want to get that positive in their brain. But we don't want to let them do whatever they want. If we have a child and they want candy and we say no and they melt down we don't want to be like okay i'll give you the candy no we want to we want them to know that this behavior is not okay and we need to shut it down that is the same with the e-collar we shut that behavior down we do not give our dog whatever they want but i'm not here to tell you how to train your dog but i would look into it if you need to it's positive only can work for basic things like sit and stay, but if you have a little bit of a bigger problem or you really want your dog to learn amazing tricks, I would look into trainers that use e-collars. So, let's see, experiences with my dog. He has run after other dogs before, which is why we invested in the collar, and he's still he's still a pain in the butt. He still barks every time the flipping doorbell rings, but hey. I'd rather him do that than attack another dog, and he's definitely not food aggressive either. So, yeah, and Burton is again a pit bull, and he is like, he's really sweet. He will lick you, he will run after you to give you huggles, like, he's not scary. His bark is scary, but he's really, I mean, right now, he's literally, he sleeps in bed all day. He, he literally takes naps all day. He scratches at my door until he can come in and then cuddle on my bed. It's He's really nice. He's sweet. He We've never really had a problem with him meeting new people. I mean, he'll bark at you, but he's never 
attacked a human. He's never really, there's only one time he didn't have a, or he had a problem with a human, and that was because that human was not a good person, and <laughs> we wanted him to stay away from us, so, yeah. But anyway, um, that's my experiences with only a pit bull. They're really not evil. They're very sweet and very nice, and I love my pit bull. And I also have another dog, so although my dog was dog reactive, he had no problem accepting our other dog into our home, and we had no problems. Like, the first day we got Porter, my other dog, Burton, was perfectly fine with it. We had no problems. So, you just gotta make sure you shut down bad behavior, encourage good behavior, and make sure you are in control. You must be in control. Don't let your dog pull you around, even if you're just going for a walk. Your dog should be next to you going at your pace, not pulling you along. So, we just want to be able to control bad behavior and make sure we, especially if your dog is stronger than you. Like, I see people with Great Danes being yanked around. If your dog ends up going after another dog for any reason, or even if that dog goes after your dog, you want to be in control no matter how much bigger or stronger your dog is. So that is also why training is really good. But let's move on to my final topic, which is how to stop BSO. Because if you live in a city or a state that has it and you want to fight it. So peacefully protesting it is a good way. We don't want to be like violent, no violence, peaceful. Um, be responsible. Show people that there are responsible dogs on- dog owners out there. The more who are responsible, the less they'll have to say, well... Most people owners are evil, you know. If we're responsible, we can allow our dogs to go more places and show people that it's not the dog that's bad, it's the owner. Um, spread awareness like I am doing now. Talk to people about it, get them aware, give them facts, tell them your experiences, just spread awareness. And lastly, stop false stereotypes. Stop calling people evil, stop saying rottweilers are evil people like dogs we should get rid of that because each dog is its own like i don't want to bring race into this but discrimination you know we don't want a stereotype about different cultures we don't want to judge someone based off of their culture we should be judging people as individual people and that's the same as the dogs we should be judging dogs as individuals and not under their breed umbrella So that is how we can stop VSL. So before I end all of this, I want to talk about the states that uh, have VSL. So let's see, I have a list of um, states. Then this website says that there's about 21 states with some sort of laws. I'm not going to go into um, the exact laws and stuff. So let's see. These states um, prohibit municipal regulation of dogs by breed. So we'll start with that. So Arizona, Connecticut, Delaware, Illinois, Maine, Rhode Island, South Dakota, and Utah. And then state laws that prohibit municipal declaration of dangerous, potentially dangerous or vicious dog based solely by breed. So, California, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Illinois, Massachusetts, 
Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Texas, Virginia, and Washington. So, also, so if you, you should really look up your own state and see where or what kind of restrictions you have, because some are, some just downright ban certain breeds, and some just kind of regulate them a little more, so that is all I have for this week, so thank you for listening, I hope you can spread some awareness about this topic, and I hope that you have a different perspective on pit bulls and dog breeds in general, and thank you for watching. See you next time.